The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg, sound off. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Bloomberg, sound off. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Drama continues, impeachment fallout. I'll bring you the latest just on the eve of round two, round two of the impeachment inquiry public hearings. Of course, also the inside look at the trade front. How President Trump's trade war went from madness or method to (laughs) method to madness. And we're going to check in with. Congressman John Joyce, Republican from Pennsylvania, my home state. He's a member of the House Homeland Security and House Small Business uh, Committee. And Fed Chair Jay Powell was testifying back again on Capitol Hill. I'll get you that as well. And Wendy Benjaminson's here. She is Bloomberg News Politics Editor for the latest on the 2020 campaign front. Eli Yokely deep diving deep into the latest Morning Consult polls where he works. He's a political reporter for Morning Consult. Oh, it was a an easier, slower news cycle than it was for yesterday, to be candid. But let's 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 start with impeachment because here we go, folks. Tomorrow the second round of impeachment hearings are set to begin. My guests with me for the hour, Wendy Benjaminson, Bloomberg News Politics Editor, and of course Eli Yokely, political reporter for Morning Consult. We'll dive into the latest polling on the twenty twenty campaign with Eli coming up. Uh, Wendy, first of all, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been yesterday was wild, huh? It was it was wild. I kinda need wild to catch my and breath. Yet it was also sort of Surreal. Calm and. I don't know where you found the calmness yesterday. Well, I wasn't on the Hill, but the. um, Or at the White House. I was like, where am I? (laughs) But these guys were such pros. You know, Mm. whatever happens with the impeachment, Taylor and Kent were career diplomats and they had their serious faces on and they were very straightforward and factual and, you know. It wasn't uh, the fireworks were coming from the dais, not from the witness table. Yeah, so a great uh, voice. Who? Taylor. Yes. It was like Paul Harvey or something. Paul Harvey. <laughs> you know, Paul Harvey meets Denny Hoyer. I, you know, you, Paul Harvey meets Denny Hoyer. <laughs> Only Eli Yokely. That was genius, Eli. So Speaker Pelosi gave a press conference today. Were you at the? Pre- was anyone at the press today? No. All right. So she spoke at, uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, and. Well, let's take a listen. Here's Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi putting in context the Democratic perspective as it's halftime, I guess, of the, the first round, first round of impeachment inquiry hearings. Here, here she is. What is uh, the president has admitted to and says it's perfect. I said it's perfectly wrong. It's bribery. So she's saying it's bribery, right? She's saying I, I guess they got away from the quid pro quo argument. Maybe they, they thought there's only so many 
lawyers in Washington, D.C. I guess it doesn't play well outside of the Beltway. But now they're saying it's bribery, plain and simple, and that a, a country, or a.k.a. In this, con- in this case, Ukraine President Zelensky doesn't have to accept the bribe for it to be impeachable, that the impeachable offense would be the bribe in and of itself. Is that what they're saying, Wendy? Yeah, I think, I think Nancy Pelosi chooses her words very, very carefully, and I think she picked a word that is a crime. She has that in, in common with President Trump, choosing the words carefully. Yeah. So, um, but she 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 uses a word. You're absolutely right. Most of America, I'm sure they know what a quid pro quo is, but but it doesn't sound like a it doesn't crime. Doesn't roll off the tongue. But bribery, bribery, everybody can understand. And what the bribery was in the Democrats' mind is that President Trump said, "You want military aid? Then investigate the Bidens." And that's in Nancy Pelosi's mind, bribery. I mean, we, we did some polling on this last weekend, and we found about half of Americans think that Donald Trump abused his power. Um, that's, a, that's a good win for Democrats so far. On the other hand, supporters and opponents of impeachment have said their minds are basically made up. Um, and so uh, you've got about, about half of Americans saying they support impeachment, about four in ten saying they don't. What and about removal from office? Yeah, it's about the same. I mean, really? there's not a lot of difference in those two numbers. Uh, I don't know that most Americans probably under, see the difference in those two figures. Um, the, the, the challenge will be the stuff breaking through. I mean, we all watch these hearings and we see the nuances and the differences. Uh, most times things have happened in this, in this impeachment process so far. About 75 percent of Americans haven't heard of it. They haven't heard of the Bill right. Taylor stuff, for example. They haven't heard of the uh, – 75 percent of yeah. Americans haven't heard of Haven't Bill heard a lot about it. Yeah. Wow. We yeah, live yeah. in a weird setting. But you know what else? I mean so much is uh, in the media and the mainstream press has been comparing this to Nixon and to Clinton. And even the media landscape has just changed dramatically, obviously, since the Nixon impeachment when there were only so many networks. And every one of those networks was carrying – what was it, like a month long, even longer, of, of the impeachment proceedings? And I remember as a kid, I know I'm dating myself, but the, the Clinton the Clinton impeachment <laughs> Wendy, I can't sorry. The Clinton impeachment was even that. It was it was a different media landscape. Now it's it's the viral moments, it's online. Everyone's responding in virtually real time. Well, I'll tell you a story. In the Nixon water in the Watergate hearings. I was home in the summer, and my mother was carrying around this little black and white TV, and I love she would this. unplug it and carry it to the next room and plug it in so she could keep watching the hearings. Wow. And I think that was pretty typical then, because who got to see congressional hearings live in the 1970s? Um, and nowadays, you can watch them any day you want. Nowadays, so. you have a smartphone. But, but yeah. you're also plugged into who you want to tell you the information. And I think that's one of the biggest things here. Maybe we've, we're seeing that in the polls. Take a listen uh, to Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, because he also spoke on Capitol Hill today. I guess I'm calling it halftime because <laughs> the second round of hearings are tomorrow. Take a listen to Leader McCarthy. This is so divisive to our country that it has to be so compelling so overwhelming and bipartisan, otherwise we should not put our country through it. I think Speaker Pelosi should hold to her own words. There's nothing compelling. There's nothing overwhelming. And the only bipartisan vote we had was to end impeachment. It was but Apparently she doesn't stick with her words. It was really remarkable, Eli, just to see how in lockstep the Republicans remain as a result of this. And yesterday, the president meeting with Turkish President Erdogan and also a small group of Republican senators at the White House, including Senator Lindsey Graham, Joni Ernst, Tim Scott, uh, Ted Cruz. And according to reports, he also brought up the issue of impeachment. I mean, 
I don't think that any Republican really has emerged as saying that they are against the president on this. In fact, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Wendy, the floor is yours. (laughs) Wendy's the legend on this show. (laughs) I saw a description, I believe it was on Politico yesterday, that said it's sort of like – this is like an action movie where you know the hero is going to survive. Ryan. Yeah, I yes, love that. Jack Ryan. It's like the Jack Ryan show. There's like pulsing tension and you really wonder if he's going to manage to leap over that roof and then he does and fine. And that's sort of what this is going to be like. It's like all this tension and the House is going to vote and they're going to vote to impeach him and then the Senate's going to acquit him and we turn off the and show. And listen, I love Anna Palmer and Jake Sherman. Yeah. We've had them on the show. They're good friends of mine. But I got to be candid. I think a lot of America would rather be watching Jack Ryan then candidly watching like Maria Yovanovitch, who's going to, Mary Yovanovitch, who's going to be testifying tomorrow, and George Kennan and Bill Taylor. I mean, I really wonder, and I have no reason to think either way on this. I really wonder how long all the networks cover these. If they're That's, I had the same weeks, question today. Like, if you're NBC during the day, why would you put this on all day when there's other things you could? I mean, people want to watch their soap operas, right? Like, wow. rather than this like, this Trump stuff. We'll see. Um, the, the the challenge I think now is that Democrats have released a lot of this testimony. A lot of this has been reported on. And what, what's going to come new out of these hearings? I know we got a little bit new yesterday in the Taylor testimony about this uh, call with the uh, EU ambassador, the U.S. And ambassador Trump denied EU, it. And Trump's denied it. That was a little nugget of news. Um, there's not been a whole lot else from yesterday's testimony. We'll see what comes tomorrow. I mean, Let me put that question to you, Wendy Benjaminson, Bloomberg News politics editor. Do you think that the networks are going to, to to the point that Eli raised, do you think the networks are gonna are gonna take every single day of this hearing? Probably not. Really, I think and that's gonna be a huge story. That that will be a story. I think that. I mean, who knows what they'll do? I mean, I think there will be days where we'll really want to listen to everything. I did notice that. Um, you know, I was wondering how the networks would handle it when the. We thought the hearing was going to continue, and then Trump and Turkish President Recep Erdogan were going to have their news conference. And I thought, boy, that's a choice to make. Like, yeah, what did they decide? Know, well, the hearing they, blissfully ended yeah. right before the news conference started, so they didn't have to. One thing that Fox News did, however, was to keep saying, like on the side, they'd have these um, boxes that said, Trump said this about Bill Taylor. Trump said that about Bill Taylor. You know? what was funny it's after like the pop-up hear- video. What was funny after the hearing was uh, Adam Schiff went out to the mics outside the hearing room and was talking. And it was probably Trump was like 30, 30 minutes late, 45 minutes, late 45 minutes late. I was in there. And <laughs> as soon as Adam Schiff walked out on TV, about a minute later, Donald Trump walked out. Smart. Fox News moved to Trump. Everybody else stayed with uh, Schiff. It's interesting. Yeah. This, it's so fascinating. And again, I just I think that's something that's been lost in all of this is just how much the media landscapes have shifted in the past three impeachment trials. Just from from as you mentioned, Wendy, your mom carrying the the, the TV. It was like my mom when I was a kid in kindergarten with the O.J. Simpson trial, and I would get off the bus and watch O.J. and see Greta on CNN. Remember that uh, Greta Van Susteren covering O.J. and uh, and then of course from the Clinton. Uh, and now to here we are where everyone's really following it in real time on their phones. Coming up, more panel reaction. Wendy Benjaminson, Eli Yokely, and we're going to check in with Congressman John Joyce, the latest on the trade fallout and what Fed Chair Jay Powell had to say during day two 
a public testimony up on Capitol Hill. Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. My name is Kevin Cirilli. I'm the Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. The U.S. economy is the star economy these days. We're growing at, you know, 2% right in that range. Uh, so more than any of the other advanced economies are growing, and that's, uh, there's no reason to think that can't continue. Uh, there's no reason to think that I can see that the probability of a, of a recession is at all elevated at this time. So our forecast is, and our expectation is very much one of continued moderate growth, a strong labor market, and inflation you know, close to our 2% objective. There it is, folks. That was Fed Chairman Jay Powell, Jerome Powell, speaking on Capitol Hill earlier today. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. My guests are my colleague, Bloomberg News Politics Editor Wendy Benjaminson, and my good friend, political reporter for Morning Consult, Eli Yokely. Economy's doing pretty well, Wendy. It is. I mean, there. Yeah, it was like the state. It was like the State of the Union address, as Michael McKee, our colleague on Bloomberg Television, remarked earlier today when that hearing wrapped up. It it was almost as if to say all of this political chitter chatter. Well, that's the problem, right? Is that the economy is doing really well? My colleagues, uh, Miss Relina Egalfapalu and Reed Pickard, did a great piece this week on um, how the economies of. Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, the first four primary states or contests, first four nominating contests, the economies there are doing really, really well and in, in ways that, you know, could, could help Trump and, and squelch turnout for Democrats. How does the polling – how does the uh, – I, I knew you were even – I don't even have to ask a question. The polling and the economy. I knew you were going to ask about this. Yes. <laughs> um, look, voters trust Donald Trump more than any of the top – Democratic candidates wow. to handle the economy by double digits. I mean, they double digits. Yeah. See, about, this is why you're yeah. so good, Eli. And I'm not blowing smoke here. Is you know every number? I like. I'm like. I don't know how you remember them. I'm not a numbers guy. Go ahead. Well, Get off the TIA. Right, I don't. They're, they're right in front of me. Well, <laughs> uh, this is radio, not TV, man. Uh, <laughs> don't give away all my secrets. <laughs> Look, I mean, he's, Donald Trump has a compelling case to tell on the economy, um, voter, and voters are hearing it. The, challenge are, the challenges he's seeing are almost self-inflicted on these things like trade. Um, I think that's why he's pushing so hard to get things like the North American uh, trade agreement that he's working on with Mexico and Canada through. Oh, it's interesting that. that Nancy Pelosi today said that they're close. I'm curious that why a Democratic House speaker would want to give Donald Trump a win on this. Well, we have that soundbite. Yeah. Let's actually hear from Speaker Pelosi where she's talking about USMCA. Here she is. I do believe that if we can get this to the place it needs to be, which is imminent, uh, that this can be a template uh, for, uh, for future trade agreements. I, I'm struck by this because I think the, the calculus is you can't criticize Speaker Pelosi for going easy on President Trump when she's literally orchestrating an impeachment. Meanwhile, I, 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 I want to be careful here, but I'll just uh, you know I'll just say it. I think most folks – might not really follow USMCA with the exception of 
workers in these battleground states. But I, I think you're nodding in agreement. You get the point I'm trying yeah, to make, Wendy? Yeah, I do. And I think that there's a couple of things going on here. One is Donald Trump tweets every day. The Democrats in Congress aren't doing anything. Yes. All they're doing is hassling me. Well, Nancy Pelosi can say, well, we're with you on the free trade. Let's get our uh, – I USMCA. keep calling it after USMCA. Yeah. Um, to me, that means the United States Marine Corps. But that's the, uh, what I thought. The, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Go ahead. But NAFTA 2.0. Um, the uh, this way, she can say we want to get something done. Um, she's working on, uh, from her perspective, she's working on protecting labor rights, um, and so it gives them a lot of um, a, a lot of cover against the sort of messiness of the impeachment. And she can say she wants to, and it not actually happen in the end. I mean, Absolutely. we don't That's know also smart. where the Democratic caucus is on this today. And you can imagine there's a lot of folks on the on the Hill the who don't want to give it. Donald Trump a win. But the moderates want it. You know yeah, why? Because the lobbying, yeah. the lobbying forces out in full swing. These businesses, are they want the certainty. I, I think it's almost in a weird way, according to economists that I interview, it's almost been priced in that this is going to get over the finish line. So if it weren't to happen – it would be it would be unexpected. I feel at this point, but to both of to all of our points, you know what people are going to be talking about around the table at Thanksgiving when they pass around the turkey leg. Ta- Not when politics. they when they pa- <laughs> when they pass around the turkey leg, take a bite, say what they're thankful for, and pass it to their cousin sitting next to them. Is that only my family? Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was our big Thanksgiving tradition. Oh, my, I'm going to get in so much trouble back in Delco. Uh, that's what we would do. We would take the turkey leg, take a bite. And so you always wanted to start it yeah. because if you went last, you were sl- – <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I am so off topic. My EP, Christine Verano, who goes on vacation tomorrow, is like, get me out of here. Anyway, but they're going to be talking about impeachment or football. They're not going to be talking about USMCA and, and labor market reports and, and the manufacturing s- slowdown or – or you know, right? Am I wrong? Am no, I out? No, no yeah. you're not. I mean, and I think the pull that, is, Eli. What are people? <laughs> what are people talking I, about at Thanksgiving? But I do think if people do say what they're thankful for, which I think a lot of families do, they just don't share a turkey leg while they're doing it. Thank you. The, um, you're welcome. The, um, <laughs> but you know, people are working. Inflation is down. I mean, all the things that that are good about the economy. And one of the things from that piece I mentioned earlier this week is that, for example, in South Carolina, where where the African-American turnout has to be there for the Democrats, more African-American men are working now than they were in 2017 by, like, a lot, by, you know. It I was, was at the Labor Department when those numbers came out, and it, yeah. it's not a lie. That I mean, that is – I get the the tonal arguments and the rhetorical – the rhetorical critiques of both sides, and I'm not critiquing that, but the numbers don't lie. And one thing that um, I think I have to say I think is really smart of the Trump campaign is they're starting to sort of own him. There was that ad during the World Series that said, yep. yeah, he's not a nice guy, but look what he's done, which speaks to what everyone thinks. I mean, now all of America can agree he's not a nice guy, but is what the GOP says. I thought that was an incredibly compelling ad. I mean, that sums up the Trump message in like one sentence. And he's going to have to make that case to a lot of folks. I mean, we look across the country and he is so unpopular. Name a state and he's probably dropped there. And so, <laughs> but yet Americans like, still trust nice him with guy, the economy. And I'm like winning for you, right? And, yeah, just, and, and this whole Nikki Haley reemergence, which we didn't really get to talk about on this show, but she's been on her book tour with, uh, with all due respect, is the name of her new book. And Nikki Haley, the, the former UN ambassador and, of course, the former governor of South Carolina, which plays such a crucial state. Uh, and 
the rumblings of how she's carefully aligned herself on this media blitz that she's been on the Today Show and all the all the networks where she's carefully aligned herself with President Trump. And I'm wondering, is this – I don't have any reporting on this, but the question that is openly asked around town, I'm not saying anything new here, is is she jockeying not for 2024 but for a Pence replacement? That could be. It would. He would have to be down and out and Would you back be surprised, though? No, no, Exa- I wouldn't. Would you be surprised? Maybe. I would. I mean, anything. It's it's Trump's White House. Like any. I mean, but she are we like allowed to be surprised anymore? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the smart take or the hot take to be surprised. Like, oh, I saw that coming. Anyway, none of us saw any of that coming. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say she's been very, very loyal. You know, more loyal than practically any other of uh, the former former uh, top aides who have left. So for her to try to take his place, it would almost have to be with his blessing. Interesting. Um, and Mike Pence has been incredibly loyal, too. I mean, whenever he gets out there, he's one of the most staunchest defenders of Donald Trump anytime he opens his mouth. But does anyone believe that if 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 she or if President Trump believed that getting that switching the ticket, which, again, I'm not speculating here. Everyone's talking about this in private conversation, not sources, but I'm talking about this is an open conversation here inside the Beltway. If President Trump believed that that switching the ticket would get him reelected, he would do it. And if and if he had to keep oh. it right in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, you mean is he loyal to his people? There's no evidence of that. What's the case for it? Like why would you add Nikki women, to the ticket? Yeah. A loyalist, women, a different tone. She's perceived as being more moderate. Uh, suburban districts would she be? I mean, suburbs. I shouldn't say. I, I mean, right? Would that be the the case that 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 she would be able to win back some of the suburbs? Because those suburbs yeah. he needs. He needs those suburbs. It's a uh, a very uh, cynical take to say. Just for women, but I, no. I, well, I, I, mean? I, I want to correct myself. No, I've heard that this. Was, no, I was I spoken. Thought, I yeah, spoke yeah. out of turn there. That was wrong, and I, I shouldn't have said that. No, I don't mean you. I mean, I mean the people who've been talking about this. That's what Thank a lot you, of people. Because I was saying, yeah, yeah. I was, no, 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 I, I, I was, was reporting on what I was not calling you are. cynical. Thank I was calling you, take cynical. I'm, a, I'm an optimist. For, <laughs> for, we pass around turkey legs. Eli has a point. I mean, she is extremely conservative. She is pro-life. She has a lot of very conservative policies that might not help with suburban women. On the other hand, the suburban women are fleeing the GOP, I, mm-hmm. you correct me if I'm wrong, but in large numbers, and having a woman who is perceived to be more moderate than Mike Pence, who, you know, let's agree, he's a, he is a real conservative. I mean, whatever Trump is, he is... What he, he is, defines as a real conservative. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he is old school. Old school. Seriously yep. religious conservative. And yep. she is not perceived that way. So in the sense that, you know. It's fascinating. I just think Trump sucks a lot of oxygen out of the room. True. Very, very true. Very, very true. All right. Coming up, panel stays. We're going to check in with Congressman John Joyce, a Republican from Pennsylvania, my home state, the Keystone State. And you can download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. What's everybody doing for Thanksgiving? Give back. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. 
You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Wendy Benjaminson, our, my colleague here at Bloomberg, Bloomberg's politics editor, she had to duck out a story. Story that she's got to get back to editing. We're always appreciative of Wendy. Eli Yokely's still here. We're awaiting, he's the political reporter for Morning Consult. We're awaiting Congressman John Joyce, a Republican from Pennsylvania. He's a member of the House Homeland Security and House Small Business Committees. Eli, 2020, I'm struck. The mayor, South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, surging to number one in Iowa. Wow. It's close. Wow. It's within the margin of error in the poll. Yeah, that's a big loss for Biden. It's not good for everybody, right? You want to be number uh, one. Um, I, I think, think of you know what the... they say about winners? They don't lose. I, <laughs> I love that saying. I hate to be the guy who says this, but I think one of the first times I was on your show, I told you, keep your eye on Mayor Pete. Wow. Oh, you're you're now that guy. I feel like I'm like a yeah. Do we have the tape? I what if yeah. I had the tape and I was like, roll the tape? <laughs> um, okay, so play this out. Can Buttigieg surpass Biden? Or you know, you look at the polls. You're an insider. Tell us, tell us what you're seeing. Read the numbers for us. Well, look, we did a big thing about a month ago on the state of the Democratic Party, a big survey of all the Democrats uh, that we got, and the message that Mayor Pete is giving to the public right now: this idea of Obama was good, but we need to do better and move on. It's almost moderate message with a you know, little bit of a progressive flair. That's where like the, most of the Democratic Party is. I mean, this is still a moderate Democratic Party, and this is one that wants to look forward, forward beyond really? the Obama. Yeah. Uh, the biggest share of Democrats call themselves moderate. I know it doesn't sound like that on cable news or on Capitol Hill. But, or on Twitter. Or on Twitter. Right. But at the end of the day, the bulk Ugh. of the folks are, are moderate. Why are there so many late entries into the race? Deval Patrick, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, I mean, where? Why are there so many late entries into the race? I think a lot of folks just don't believe, don't have confidence in Joe Biden's abilities. I but it's also a critique on folks. Pete. It's yeah. also a critique on Bernie, on Warren, who came yeah. out with the ad against billionaires. I, I think that's true. Um, look, we did some polling over the weekend on Mayor Bloomberg, and um, he came in at about sixth place, which is a good start. The difference is, uh, he's the most unlike candidate in the field. Wow, unlike. Yeah. I mean, so where did the case? Where, Duvall, I guess it's too early. Yeah, we haven't seen yet. We'll get that And Duvall's now pitching himself as, what is it, like Barack's best friend? That's right. I mean, so that was in the I, it's, second it's fascinating. Uh, second sentence of the AP story this morning. Barack Obama, for, I mean, friend, basically. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I You, you wonder, uh, you hear a lot about Barack Obama's folks being on board with Duvall Patrick, kind of pushing him along. Um, I saw that he hired a uh, former uh, Beto O'Rourke, Jason Kander aide, to lead his campaign today. Uh, so it, it will be interesting to see if he takes off. He's actually com- said he or he filed to compete in New Hampshire, uh, which is interesting compared to the uh, the other possible entrant to the race. It's, it is interesting. Just I'm all about transparency. Uh, just as a disclaimer, Michael Bloomberg is the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent company of Bloomberg News. Joining me on the line, Congressman John Joyce, a Republican from Pennsylvania. He's a member of the House Homeland Security and House Small Business Committees. Congressman. Great to talk to a fellow Pennsylvanian. Kevin, yes. It's always good to talk to him. But i got to be candid here before we do this interview. I, I take it you're a Steelers fan. I'm from the other side of the state. I'm a huge Eagles fan, but I will tell you this. I think we will agree that we want the Patriots to lose on Sunday. Kevin, you might be surprised that last year my wife and I hosted a Super Bowl party with it, and I am a Steelers fan, that was Eagle-themed. We wanted you to beat the Patriots. You are 
the best. We are Pennsylvania. Yes. Let me tell you something. That was two years ago. I'll never forget where I was. It was at my friend Tammy's house. She had a Super Bowl party. And I had Wawa hoagies. I had um, uh, and what else? I had? Oh, there's soft pretzels as well. I mean, that was like the be- one of the best days of my life. I, I never thought I would see the, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Anyway, enough about the Eagles. Uh, it's a politics show, Congressman. Yes. Impeachment. What do you make? Where do things stand? I'm calling today halftime because you've got round two of the hearings tomorrow. But I don't hear any of your Republican colleagues jumping sides. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you're not going to see Republicans jumping side. And, Kevin, I like your analogy that it's halftime, because the first half was done with the lights off. It was done without the light of day. We didn't have access to the transcripts. We didn't have access to being present. So now it's the third quarter. And what happened yesterday? It was a sad day for America, but it was a good day for the truth. The impeachment inquiry has always been about avenging the 2016 election and sabotaging President Trump. We heard Congressman Al Green, and we heard it last night from Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Neither of the people who testified at yesterday's hearing, yesterday's hearing, neither were firsthand witnesses to any of the Democrats' quote-unquote evidence. All we're seeing is hearsay, and hearsay is no reason for impeachment. When pressed, when both witnesses were pressed, what is the overwhelming reason for impeachment? What did we hear? Crickets. There was no response. There's no crime that reasonable people can think should allow for the impeachment of President Trump. Is there room in the Republican Party, Congressman John Joyce, Republican from Pennsylvania, for folks to to say, you know, I don't like that he raised the issue of domestic politics on the on the telephone call with with a foreign president and and and, and say that that's not an impeachable offense do, do, do you know what i'm trying to get at because i hear that from a lot of my sources i think we have to focus on what you just said an impeachable offense i don't want to get caught in the weeds we need to say what is an impeachable offense and we don't see evidence of it nor do the witnesses the witnesses are talking about hearsay and you know my background uh in christianity tells me that they're hearsay is actually a bit of heresy. It doesn't come forth in any clear, fair, transparent, open process. That's not what Chairman Schiff and the House Democrats are delivering. Here's the bottom line. We heard it from several of the Democratic colleagues. Even on the first day of the 116th Congress, Democrats came to Washington to impeach President Trump. I came to Congress to deliver on my promises of the people of South Central Pennsylvania. Uh, John Joyce is on the line. He's a congressman representing the 13th District of Pennsylvania. He's a Republican. Uh, I'm curious just in terms of where things stand on USMCA as it relates to a lot of folks in the business community, a lot of small business owners, Congressman. They want to see USMCA ratified. Do you think we're going to get to that uh, in the first quarter of next year? You know what? I'm the eternal optimist. I think we are going to get to USMCA. I think it will deliver a fairer deal for the Pennsylvania farmers. Let me define for you, Kevin, my district. It is a wide district in south-central going into southwestern Pennsylvania. It starts in Gettysburg and goes the whole way out west to where the Flight 93 flight went down. And so this is a big ag industry. It's big, small uh, businesses. And it's also big in commercial development, in making heavy equipment. We've got a broad, diverse group of constituents who will 
benefit from the passing of USMCA. I think we're going to move forward. I think there are enough Democrats who take it back to their district, and people are saying, what are you doing? I spent a week at home doing Veterans Day events, being at the Triangle Barbershop in downtown Altoona, being at the Walmart, and people come up to me and say, go back, pass USMCA, support the military, support our veterans, lower prescription drug costs. And you know what, Kevin? We're not doing it. So I'm, I'm the optimist. I think that we're going to uh, reach a deal and we're going to bring USMCA to the floor, and I think it will pass. I'm also an optimist, and I think in two weeks, Penn State, of which you are also an alum, is going to beat the Ohio State University because the Pennsylvania State University is going to have that upset. Can we agree on that? We can absolutely agree on that. <laughs> I, I am a big Penn State fan. you got to get uh, some creamery great, ice cream. I'll, I'll make a connection, too, though. After Penn State, uh, I spent four years at Temple in Philadelphia. So oh. you can see I, I, can, I can be by part of the state. <laughs> I, that, that part I will embrace clearly. I, I like I'm that a you, Lion, but I'm also a Temple Owl. Yeah, I'm from Delco. So I, I like, Congressman, that you appreciate Philly. Because, you know, sometimes Pittsburghers, we don't really get that. But I do like their pierogies. Thank you to Congressman John Joyce, a Republican from my home state of Pennsylvania, a member of the House Homeland Security and House Small Business Districts, coming up, or, pan, or committees. Coming up, what's on Eli Oakley's radar? The Morning Consult All-Star Reporter gives us his take. Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radar, er, Bloomberg Radio. It's now time for What's on Eli Yokely's Radar. Eli Yokely is a political reporter for Morning Consult. What did you make of Congressman John Joyce, Republican from Pennsylvania? Oh, your mic's off. Sorry, now it's on. He loves Pennsylvania. I'm curious uh, who's coming up to him at the grocery store asking about USMCA. If you've been to that part of the state, I actually believe that. Yeah. There are a lot That's of interesting. Those are very informed. Inside... Those are very informed voters. Yes, they are. Don't knock my Pennsylvanians, Eli. Don't knock uh, until you try it, right? So <laughs> what's on your radar, Eli? Um, look, it's going to be a big week next week with impeachment and then a presidential debate yes. on Wednesday. There's both. So uh, that'll be a long day for a lot of folks. It is, yeah. Wait. So there's another round of hearings come Wednesday. I'm just not sure that I, I don't know what. There's what, a lot of hearings next week. There's what, a lot of yeah. folks coming up on Capitol Hill, um, including uh, current, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Vindman is going to be up there. Oh, that's who's a big one. Probably one of the star witnesses for Democrats. Um, my, my, my big question is what I raised earlier, which is: Is this going to break through to the American people? We're going to see on Monday some initial polling on this to see if some of these details are are getting out into the public's mind, but so far they haven't. I We were talking about this a little bit in the break, and, and I just we mentioned it a couple of months ago on, uh, on, the, on the program, but Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine, he has his roots in reality television, comedy, and was a, a Ukraine celebrity before he became president. Just the irony of uh, uh, two reality star presidents now wrapped into into Their own this show into this own show yeah it really is it really is interesting Full what's circle. on 
It really has come full circle. I, I kind of want to see the tapes of, of Zelensky. And he was like deep-rooted in Ukraine entertainment industry since the time he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. It's wi- wild. I heard about this again last night on Laura Ingram's show. I was listening. And they were saying that the reason Donald Trump was withholding the aid on Fox News last night was because they wanted to check this guy out to see what he was like before they sent money to him. Well, I think it's just going to be interesting to see, to keep hammering home this point, just what breaks through, what Democrats – you know, there were actually more Democrats who voted against impeachment than Republicans who voted for it. And that's that's something that that we can't lose in that. There's so much that's on my radar today. There's this great story on the Bloomberg Terminal by my colleague Steve Matthews. It's headlined, This is what the trade war looks like in bourbon country. After Europe retaliated with tariffs on Kentucky bourbon in response to President Donald Trump's trade war, the James E. Pepper distillery in Lexington so far this year has suffered a more than 20 percent sales decline internationally. Wow. I mean, bourbon has been really hit hard. Of course, Kentucky Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell state. So they've been wrapped up in the in the trade war. Uh, the ex uh, the blue. What was I going, where was I going with that? Kentucky is slowly shaking off a trade hangover, my colleague reports, but far from ready to party on. Listen to this. Kentucky, where 95 percent of bourbon is produced, has been hurt by redistribution from Europe and Asia to Trump's tariffs worldwide. The EU's 25% tariff was on bourbon. Wow. A 25% tariff on bourbon. That's that's wild. Yeah. And would really odd. hurt a that lot. It sounds of, like uh, the, the Europeans knew uh, how to lobby a little bit. And just some, some breaking news in the last minute that we have. President Trump has asked formally the Supreme Court to block New York's subpoena for his tax returns. Again, President Trump has asked the Supreme Court of the United States to block the New York's subpoena for his tax returns. That does it for me. Thank you to Wendy Benjaminson, Bloomberg News Politics Editor. Thank you to Congressman John Joyce, a Republican from Pennsylvania. And of course, thank you to my good friend, Eli Yokely, an all-star reporter for The Morning Consult. Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.